Well, hello there, and you're very welcome to This Adult Life, the podcast with myself, Mark Fennell. And today is episode 25, and we are discussing the six needs of every human being. That's right. No matter how individual or significant you are, and I know we are all amazing, <laughs> but I want to tell you this, we all have these six needs that need to be met at times. So we're going to talk about them today. We're going to explain the importance of them and how sometimes in life when you feel a little bit off, or a little bit not yourself, or you feel like there's a bit of a a void or a lack of fulfillment, it may be that one of these human needs are not being met. So we're gonna talk about all that in today's episode on This Adult Life, the podcast. So what are the six human needs? We all have them. And you know what? The importance of them is quite significant because what we don't realize is that when one of them is not being met, one of these needs not being fulfilled, we can have this sense of off. You know that feeling of off or there's a void or we're not feeling our full self. And sometimes we can't quite put our finger on it. But this is a great tool to kind of pinpoint what area might be lacking or needing a bit of a top up. Um, And these six needs are pretty much inherent for all of us as people. We will probably, you know, desire some more than others, but at the end of the day, all six are needed. So whatever percentage you divide up, it doesn't matter. They're all still needed. And when we have that sense of a void or that sense of unhappiness or unease, it may be one of these needs are not being met. So let's get straight into it. And in no particular order, I'm going to start off with the first one, certainty. We all have a need for certainty because certainty equals security. It equals almost like assurance that we can avoid pain, certainty that we can feel safe, feel love. This will bring me joy, happiness or pleasure. You know, certainty is like stability. It's predictability in our lives. And I know some people say, oh, I love spontaneity. And that's we'll talk about that too in, in a little while. But certainty is something that we all crave to have. For example, if you've got to pay the rent, pay your bills, pay a mortgage, you want to be certain that you can pay that bill because, well, obviously you might lose your home if you don't or the electricity might get turned off if you don't. We all have a job that we we either work for ourselves or we work for someone else or whatever we might be doing, but we all look for certainty when we have a job that, you know, the job will still be there and it'll still pay the bills and I'll be able to survive because that equals safety. So certainty equals security and security equals safety because we all want to feel safe. But you see, sometimes we can go about these needs in the wrong way or we can pursue it in a wrong I suppose approach or mindset but here's what I will say and this is one that does crop up when someone for example is quite controlling if I put it like that you know a very controlling person they like all the ducks in a row they like maybe right down to their press the tins have to point a certain way the towels have to be all level and listen it's okay to want neatness and tidiness that's okay and that's fine so I'm not talking about that kind of controlled environment although it's like that movie do you remember the movie Sleeping with the Enemy Julia Roberts an old movie and he was like that in the house everything was like so perfect and if you daren't move anything anyway so I'm not saying that you know you're a controlling person if you like neatness and tidiness that's okay we all maybe have a little bit of OCB from time to time but what I am saying controlling is where you get so controlling that you will try and control others you'll control control everything about you will be to protect you now here's what I mean by that for example you know in your home if someone did kind of you know move some stuff it really agitates you because you kind of said no they moved it and it's not because they moved it it's because they didn't ask you could they move it and the control you see is not that you've done something it's you didn't ask or you weren't permitted to do it 
So that's the control that's problematic for people. When you get to that extent where you try and control everything, not even what interacting with others, but also for your own life. I do this a certain way in work. And then if someone comes in and kind of, you know, moves the goalposts, you don't appreciate that because that's not how you planned it. That's not how you work. You have a system. And if it's not your system, it's the wrong system. And I don't like it. We all like certainty and we all like to be in control. But to be controlling is where it goes beyond you. And it more impacts other people as well as you. You get angry when it do, you cannot be in control of something or someone or a project. So you see, people who are controlling, they try to control everything to avoid the anxiety. And you see, when they're anxious, they even get more controlling because really why they, are they trying to be controlling and controlling everything? The reason is to avoid anxiety because they feel that if they're not in control, fear can come in. Unpredictability, they hate it. Things that are out of their control, uncontrollables, they hate them, cannot cope with them, or at least they cope badly with them. So, you know, we all have that element of certainty in our lives, but it's making sure that we keep it at a healthy level, that we don't let it impact us. Because, you know, what happens is, in fact, they people controlling can be so controlling it affects their family or their colleagues or, you know, this control can spread into other aspects aspects of their life. It can literally go into everything and it becomes their identity almost. And they don't even realize it. It's like it becomes their nature because what happens is as they're going through life, then they try and control maybe their friends or their kids or their partner, their job, projects. They a controlling manager, for example, you'll always find is very micromanaging. Well, no, no one can do it right like they can. You know, other people can do it, but it won't be right unless I do it. And they'll try and micromanage and stuff like that. So we all want certainty. But people who are controlling is because they want certainty across the board in every aspect, even when it involves other people. So sometimes when it gets to that level, you need to rein it in. Controlling things because the control ultimately started with fear, but then it becomes a habit, it becomes a mindset, and it becomes a way of life. So they start to try and control everything around them. You see, when we lack certainty, we tend to get worried. We sometimes start asking, oh, what if? And the panic can come in. And this can happen to any of us because when we don't have certainty in something, like maybe a job or, or, or maybe a relationship, we can start asking, oh, what if? Oh, it's not working out. Oh, what if they leave? Or what if the job goes? Or what if I get fired? And, and fear comes in. So when there's lack of certainty, fear can come in. But a real skill or life skill is, is, is knowing what you can control and knowing what you cannot control and having the wisdom to see the difference. Not trying to control what you cannot control. Because fear, the what if, the anxiety, will always be around what we cannot control or what we cannot predict. So the need for certainty is so important, but we've got to make sure it doesn't become all, shall I say, encompassing, where we, we look for so much certainty in life, maybe because of whatever's gone on in our past, that we look for so much certainty, we end up controlling everyone. Sometimes it's good to give that control away. You can still have certainty, but you don't have to control everyone and everything to have that certainty. It's getting a healthy level of it. You don't want to go beyond that. The same is true, though, when things get too certain. Because if we, for example, we've all our ducks in a you know, life is so organized, controlled and contrived and it's all going exactly to plan. You know, it's all T's crossed, I's dotted and it's all ideal. What happens is then with people who are in that position, well, they actually start to feel bored. They feel unfulfilled and they can't figure it out because they have it all together. They have all their life together, but they can't understand what, why, why. Why am I feeling happy? I've got everything that I've always dreamed of because there's so much certainty. Because that brings me to my next point. Another need, need number two, uncertainty. Or shall I say variety? You see, we all need 
a level of variety in our lives, a level of uncertainty. And I know this kind of, if you're suffering with anxiety, you're thinking, oh, I don't know, uncertainty means anxiety. But no, we all need a level of uncertainty. We all think, you see, a great lifestyle is, is living in a hot country, sitting on a beach, drinking a pina colada. I've never had one, but everyone goes on about them on the beach. Uh, you know, and they say it's nice, you know, this, and this would be nice for a time, but would it too would actually get boring. The same way, if you're working the same job, doing the same thing for year after year after year, it too would get boring. And although it gives you certainty, it wouldn't be giving you uncertainty. And sometimes we need that, I'm going to call it variety. As they say, variety is the spice of life. You see, we are all inbuilt with a need for challenge, adventure, obstacles to overcome, journeys to travel. That's why we all love going on holidays. It's a, it breaks the norm. It's a getaway. And this is why we need to pursue goals and embrace challenges that they bring. Because when we go after goals, they bring us challenges. And now we don't like the challenge, but we do love when we get through it and we overcome it. You know, even when it comes to sports, computer games, these are all enjoyable challenges that actually give us unpredictability in a healthy, controlled way. You see, so it's not that we want to be this Mr. or Mrs. Spontaneous, you know, where we kind of go, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow for a bit of spontaneous and see what happens. You know, obviously that would be a bit crazy because, you know, if you've got bills and you want to, you know, hand to mouth stuff, you, you want to eat. <laughs> you can't be doing stuff like that. So there's a level of it that we all enjoy. Now, some people love this more than anything. In fact, they will purposely, you know, shall I say, uproot their certainty or security whenever they feel too certain or or whenever they feel too stuck in the, the hamster on a wheel, they will uproot and just wreck things. And, you know, when I say wreck things, I don't mean physically, but they'll literally go, oh, listen, I'm quitting this job. I'm bored. I need a bit more excitement in life. Some people really go after it. You know, as we always talk about that, the thrill seekers. You see, you may think you don't like challenge, but in fact, you do because everyone likes to win at something. Everyone likes to succeed at something. Everyone likes to achieve or grow or move forward. And true, a level of challenge is always a great sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. When you kind of get through something that was, I suppose, unpredictable or you didn't know what was coming at you, but you got there. It's kind of like when we do a couch to 5K or one of those things. You know, the, we don't know exactly all the ins and outs, but we know we want to get there, that element of achievement. And, you know, there's uncertainty that comes with it. And it's that uncertainty that sometimes makes it difficult when we get to the level of, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to fight through. And then when you fight through, you kind of go, yes, I did it. So that level of challenge. You see, when we get into our, shall I say, the growth zone in life, the growth zone is where there's unpredictable, where there's challenge, where sometimes there's pain, no pain, no gain. But if we get just remain in our comfort zone, if we want to just stay there, we could just stay in our comfort zone for the rest of our lives, we would actually get very bored. And that's why certainty is important, but uncertainty or variety or spontaneity is also needed. Because, well, we all need and crave an element of change in our life, in our week. You know, we all want that new stimuli. We all like that, shall I say, the, the novelty. It's, it's why people will say, you know what, let's go out to dinner somewhere we've not gone before, or let's have a party. Because, you know, a party is people come over, but you know you'll have a great night but it's not planned or orchestrated it's kind of like a sense of humor humor is not planned or orchestrated when it is it's generally cheesy but the point is we love the things that aren't planned the things that are spontaneous the things that are bringing a sense of adventure it's like i mentioned the risk takers will sometimes root up stability because they want to have a little bit of instability and that's what they like you see sometimes we can have a hundred percent all control and certainty 
But then over time, we'll wonder, well, you know what? I don't seem to be having any fun anymore. Because fun sometimes equals variety, spontaneity, and uncertainty. That's where sometimes the best fun we ever had. Some of the best nights out or the the best holidays I've had or when I've gone on a holiday are when we do the things that we hadn't planned on doing and they sometimes turn out to be the best fun and they become the memories. The six human needs are so important because they can impact every aspect of our lives, from our friendships to our family to our relationships to our career, to our projects, to our future goals. They impact everything. And the need for fun, the need for spontaneity is so important. There's nothing worse when things become stagnant. We need to have variety in life. We need to have that fun. You know what? It impacts everything from friendships to family to relationships to love lives. For example, if you're in a relationship and it's become predictable, you know, from your sex life to your conversations to what you do, it's all the same old, same old, monotonous, monotonous, monotonous. Oh, it's that time of the week again. It must be time for whatever. (laughs) The reality is we all need spontaneity. We all need a little bit of unpredictability. We all need a little bit of fun in life. And I think sometimes life sucks that out of us and we get busy on the rat race and we don't realize that hang on a minute what am I actually doing to have fun in my friendships my relationships my workplace all of these things we need to have fun the quality of your life depends on it so we all need that level of uncertainty or I'm going to sum it up like this in three little words we all need an element of f-u-n we all need fun So need number three, significance. We all want to feel unique, important, special, needed. Because when we feel needed and significant, well, it gives us great and enormous self-worth. We all need to feel this significance because, well, there are healthy ways of going about getting significance and there are unhealthy ways to achieve this. But what we got to make sure is that we're obviously going about it in a more healthy way. You see, some people crave to feel important in their job because perhaps at home they feel so unimportant. And so what they'll do is they'll become like a high achiever or because they don't feel that sense of self-worth at home or with other people maybe their family but they might get it from their job so they become this high achiever and they'll go they'll level up and level up and they'll go after every promotion they'll work beyond anyone else because they want this recognition but it's not the recognition they're craving they're not egotistical they just love the significance it gives them when someone says wow that was an amazing achievement and they feel wow I'm significant I've been noticed I've got a sense of being unique but you see sometimes we'll even see see this where it goes too far that person it's good to have ambition it's good to be a high achiever brilliant you know there's nothing wrong with that but once you're not should I say sacrificing your I suppose wellness for it I've seen people burn out because their ambition was so strong it overshadowed the other needs in life and even simple needs like their their eating and sleeping and their health and wellness and they negated all of that just so they could get to where they wanted to get in that ambition and have that level of significance in this role or in this job or wherever they might have been doing and because of that then they ended up having a burnout so it's good to have that desire to feel significant we all have that desire but make sure it's not overshadowing shall I say, a healthy, balanced life when it comes to work particularly. But we'd also see it on another way, a completely different way, in a bully. I know. Because when they, I suppose, when a bully wants to be the toughest, when they want to be, you know, the top dog and they bully other people, they push other people down so that it'll it'll push themselves up. They feel better in themselves when they see you feeling less than in you. They feel they're noticed, you see. They're unique. They're the toughest. They find their identity because, well, perhaps at home they're treated so badly or they're, they're treated badly or maybe their whole life they felt, I'm not the cleverest. I'm not the best at sport. I'm not the best at anything. But I can 
find my identity and be unique by being the bully, by being the toughest. And like I mentioned, they will put people down to elevate themselves so that they feel they're better than others. And we can also sometimes signal our uniqueness and difference through particular clothes we wear or or maybe an unusual hobby or a club we join. Anything that makes us unique, special in the eyes of others. We want to feel significant. We want to be noticed. We don't want to stand out. We want to fit in, but we want to be unique when we fit in. And this is why, you see, when it comes to things like being a bully, that's going about it in the wrong way. But joining a club or having a cool hobby or something different, that's kind of like, oh, that's my kind of thing. That's my quirk or that's what makes me different. We love those things and those things are healthy and good. But when it pushes you down the road of trying to dominate other people and being that bully or when you're trying to achieve way better than anyone else because you want to be significant in a family. And I see that sometimes with siblings. Sibling rivalry can come in because one sibling wants to be better than the other siblings and they push themselves and push themselves so that the parents will give them that significance, that feeling of uniqueness and say, wow, you know, the others are doing great, but you did brilliant, you know, and they're looking for that significance because maybe they never felt that place of feeling unique or important or even special or even needed in the family growing up. So they go about it by working for it. We see the same is true on the negative light where we can go too far with working for it, but also where we can go about it in ways that don't serve us well whatsoever. We can look for that significance sometimes in the wrong places or go about it the wrong way. You see, this is why when, for example, if we're looking to be significant and we become a bit of a yes man or yes woman, you know, we just say yes to the boss or yes to the person all the time, we can lose the sense of who we are because our need to fit in and connect is far stronger than our need to feel significant. We kind of say, I don't want to stand out. I want to fit in. I don't want to feel any less than. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to be accepted. And when we do that, we deny that element of significance that we have that need for. That feeling unique or special or or needed, we get a sense of, oh, I'm needed now because I said yes, they like me, they accept me, and now I'm part of this. So I have an element of significance. But what happens is when you deny yourself enough, and you're not true to you, it becomes a regret, but it ultimately can frustrate you inside. So you're you're the yes man in work, but you're the frustrated man at home. And because of that, it's because you're not getting a healthy significance. You're only getting an element of it by saying yes and agreeing to everything. Sometimes it's good to say no on a side note. No is not a bad word. I always say that. But you see, when it comes to, for example, a narcissist in a relationship, a narcissist will make a person feel very significant, will make them feel amazingly special, and it will make them feel unique and amazing and beautiful and whatever it might be, if it's in a relationship particularly. And the narcissist will be like that until you cross swords with them or go against them or disagree with them or they just have no use for you anymore. See, a narcissist is probably a different day's conversation for sure, but a narcissist is all about themselves and they will only like you once you help them, once you are helping what they have or their agenda might be. So what happens sometimes is The narcissist makes you feel so significant. You get wrapped up and they fall in love and you think they're amazing because they make you feel so amazing. They give you this significance, this need that you want met. But what happens over time is you realize that it's false. It's not real. They only make you feel significant because it suits them. And then what happens is, well, you end up either breaking up or whatever the case may be or or losing a bit of yourself. But generally speaking, when you fall into a narcissistic relationship, you don't see it for quite some time because those first few months or even years, they make you feel so special and that's why you hang around. And so sometimes they'll treat you bad, but you can take that because the level of significance they give you is so strong. So it's sometimes good to examine and say, hang on a minute, I know they're meeting this need, but are other needs being met? Because none of us want to be 
on the sideline. None of us want to be second rate. None of us want to be, you know, blending with the crowd. We won't want to fit in, but we want to have our element of uniqueness at the same time. So let's get to number four. Yes, connection and love. Now, this one's obvious. Most people will tell you, oh, we all need to be loved. We all need to connect. And it's true. We do. Um, and it is one of the needs. But remember, it's not the only need. We all want that strong feeling of closeness and connection with someone or even something like a group or a family or, or a workplace. To have a level of connection and affiliation with people around us, we want to feel part of a larger community, a place that we can, I suppose, feel safe and belong with like-minded people. So we want that love, not just in a relationship, but from friends, from family, from work colleagues. We, we want to feel love. We, we want to feel that connection. And connection basically says that you're not being judged, but instead you're accepted. So love, of course we all have that as a need. It's so, so important. But sometimes we can go about that in an unhealthy way as well. We, well, we might, shall we say, start denying our true self and changing to adapt to a group rather than seeing if the group is right for us. We, we desire to be loved and connect to that group that we will deny who we truly are. We can sometimes do it with our partner or our friends or a group. And you may remember when I did the five biggest regrets in the last episode and uh, I talked about one of them was, you know, not being true to me it was one of the biggest regrets people had before they passed away. And this is where the desires of fulfilling a need can come in in an unhealthy way. I want to feel loved, but I won't be true to me. And when, I'm, when I deny who I am, they'll love me when I be more like them, even though being like them disagrees with who you are. So you've got to be careful. We've got to really guard ourselves and say, hang on a minute. Am I being true to me while I'm a part of this, you know, relationship, friendship or whatever it might be? Am I being true to me or am I denying myself in order to get love and receive love? You see, love is such a powerful thing and we will sometimes do anything to get it. But we just want to make sure we don't lose ourselves in order to get it. I think that's a mic drop moment. Don't lose yourself to get love. I think that's a mic drop moment. Uh, moving on from that one. You see, the key is to be your best self and love and connection will happen naturally. When you're being true to you, you'll soon realize, well, where you're accepted, where you connect and who will love you. Because not everyone's going to like you, you know, but then there, uh, there will be people who will love you just for you being you. You see, the key is when we are feel or we are lacking or not having enough love or connection in our life, well, we can also give ourselves a little bit of self-love or treat ourselves. Maybe you're kind of thinking, well, you know what? I feel like no one loves me right now. Well, why don't you give yourself a little bit of self-love, a little bit of, you know, treat yourself. You know, if you can book into a spa or, you know, maybe you're going to say, you know, I'm going to cook myself a nice meal or I'm going to, you know, do something nice for yourself, you know, whatever it might be. Treat yourself, a little bit of self-love. I know it's not the same love that someone else can give you, but it's better than having no love at all. And it's a good, it's more healthy approach to it. But another key as well is this, the greatest way to receive love and connection is by giving it. And we'll talk a bit more about this later on. But you've sometimes, if we're lacking in something, the best way to get it is to give it. And uh, I do believe what goes around comes around. So there you go. Um, I mean, sometimes doing a kind deed or showing your love to somebody can actually make a difference on just a few uh, degrees. You know, it might not change and make you feel altogether loved. But when you give love, it actually generates love and you feel a little bit of love when you give love. There is truth to that. And if we really want to understand love, well, I think it all starts with us first off loving ourselves and then learning to love others. And that's the secret sauce.
loving yourself and loving others, but not loving yourself in a, I love myself, I'm the best. Not in that kind of way, obviously, in a healthy way. You know, sometimes we reject ourselves. We think it's my fault that that happened. It's my fault, you know, I went through that. It's my fault. And sometimes we can even reject and not love ourselves as much as we should. You need to love love the skin you're in, but you gotta love the person that's in the skin as well. You gotta love you, your character, your personality. And you're not perfect, none of us are, but you got to love the best bits and say, you know what? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm getting better bit by bit. Here's need number five is growth an expansion of capacity, capability, and even understanding. We all want to grow. Now, we all say, well, I don't like changing. But like I said earlier on, connected with the other needs is that, you know, with uncertainty, sometimes if we want to grow, well, we've got to go through a bit of the pain. We've got to go through a bit of that variety, unpredictability. But this is the thing. We have a need to grow. We don't like to stagnate. We don't like to stay still. Our minds are designed to learn. Our brain, our conscious, our subconscious, we're constantly learning and constantly growing. Whether you know it or not, you're always adapting and adopting. We're made that way, to learn, to grow constantly. And when we aren't growing, well, sometimes what happens is we drift into, I suppose, being a little bit discontent in life. We feel sometimes a bit stuck. I'm not moving anywhere, Mark. I'm not, there's no motivation. There's no movement. There's no motion. And when we get like that, we can feel like we're stuck because we're not growing. And it could be on a personal level, spiritual level, financial level, whatever it might be, but we all need to grow in life. We may have a a position in work or a financial goal or a particular lifestyle that we're trying to work toward. And then sometimes what happens is when we get there, we then get unhappy because, well, we're not growing anymore. When you get to the place of I've arrived, (laughs) you know, you never want to get there because when you get there, sometimes you stop growing. And then after a while, you can feel a little bit of, I suppose, unhappiness because you're going, I just, I don't know, I've got everything. I should be happy because you're not growing. You see, whether we like it or not, We all need to be learning at some level, at some capacity. We all want to grow and develop at some pace. Some some more than others. Some people love going learning loads of stuff. Some people are slow learners, you know, they just think like they might read a little bit or learn a bit every now and then. But we all need that level of momentum. And when we don't grow, there's no momentum. When there's no momentum, we lose motivation. When we lose motivation, we lose satisfaction in life because we feel I'm just not doing it with my life. I'm not going anywhere. That's why growth is so important. You see, people are most happy and when you think about it, you're thinking about your own self. You're actually, isn't it true that we're, we're most happy though when we're making progress? You know, we all need something to strive for, something that will challenge us to grow, expand us emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, intellectually, or whatever level we want to talk about. But the point is, we all like to make progress and progress only comes through when we grow. And to grow, we've got to go through stuff. We've got to push ourselves. We've got to get outside our comfort zone because we have that need to grow. And here's the sixth one, the sixth need. It's contribution, a sense of helping. I suppose giving and supporting others. And it brings a sense of fulfillment that you cannot get anywhere else. And I know this personally because I know what it's like. When you when you help someone, you know, and obviously I work from a coaching perspective. So when I help someone and I see res- they see results, I see the results, the fulfillment I get from that. It's not that I, you know, did anything for them. I, all I did was I helped or helped them see it and they became their own coach because I always believe in that. You know, it's the old quote, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him to fish, he eats for a lifetime. I'm all about teaching people to fish, teaching people to coach themselves. But when you see them get the results, there's a part of you kind of goes, you know what, I played a part in that. I didn't do it for them, I helped them and I played a part in that. There's a fulfillment in that. When they thank you for it, it's all the better. Like when I get a Google review or a review on my podcast, I'm like, 
I like I'm champagne moment. Honestly, I get so I get so happy about it because you go, wow, someone really got it to take the effort to do that. But here's what I say: we all have that need to contribute, to you know, to contribute to something of value, a greater good, something bigger and more meaningful than ourselves. And here's what happens. You see, when we get, I suppose, all wrapped up in ourselves and not thinking of anyone else, we get maybe selfish even. When we start to do that, we can sometimes lack fulfillment in itself. And this need, I will sometimes explore with people and they may not be reaching or hitting that need or getting that need met. It could be your community. It could be family, church, society, charity. It could even be a project that you're getting involved on. We all want to contribute. It could even be just being a part of the family and you play a little role in that family. It's not about, I know we say, you know, bigger things than us, but it doesn't have to be huge. It could be small. A contribution comes when we, I suppose, impact at least one other person in a good way. When we do something that helps one other person in a good way, that's contribution. And that's the contribution that, well, shall I say, the fulfillment you get from that, you can't get it anywhere else when you help someone. I mean, it's one thing I know how, and I've learned that true fulfillment and overall life satisfaction, it comes when you're meeting those last three that I named. And definitely the contribution one is a big one. Contribution, growth and connection. That's definitely where fulfillment tends to hang about. But you see, what I want to say to you is depending on which one of these, you know, is more a priority to you, it doesn't matter. But the reality is we all need them all. And here's what's amazing about these six needs, because depending on which one we prioritize, it actually can impact what career, what friends or relationships, any future paths that we might take, it actually can impact them all depending on what need we prioritize, what one means the most to us. But to sum it up, I would say this to you. We all have those needs, so don't ignore or neglect them because they do have a very profound impact on the quality of our life. Now, we will prioritize some over the others. Some are more important than others, but you gotta make sure you're hitting all six. So here's the question I have for you. The little bit of homework. Ask yourself, what need is most important to you? And sometimes it's good to check in with yourself and say, well, you know what, maybe this is why I'm not feeling my happiest or the best or something's going on. Maybe check in and say which one of these needs are not being met. And make sure now not to go pursuing it in an unhealthy way, but instead pursue it in a more healthy, positive way that, you know, when this need gets met through this way or this avenue, I know it'll be a good and healthy way. Because when a need is not met, we can feel that sense something's missing, something's not right, and we don't feel quite ourselves. So ask yourself, what is that need that I need topping up? What could I do to help it, to top up that need, to get it kind of fulfilled? Create avenues for yourself, like ways, and, and maybe go, right, what can I do to fulfill this? Because the key is, they all need to be met. Some more than others, but they all still need to be met. And when you decide what one is important to you, and when you decide a plan on how to get that need met, what you will find is that a level of satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness is on the other side. So I hope it's helped today, but I want to share this with you before I go. My next course has just dropped and I would love you to come along. My anxiety course. As a lot of you know, I struggled with anxiety about 15 years ago. I went through horrendous anxiety. It derailed me for almost two years. And it took me two years to get back to being a stronger self. And in fact, I was better after it had happened than I was before it had happened. But I learned a lot of tools and strategies. I learned so much about myself, but also about people as I met other people. And I've been coaching people with anxiety for over a decade now. And what I've done is I've compiled all of the best tools, strategies, the things you need to know. Forget the fluffy stuff. This is straight to the point, brass tacks of it. And if you want to come to that course, I have a gift for you. You can enroll now. 
and I have a coupon code you can use that is just for you. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Here it is. If you want to come, all you got to do is enter this coupon code and it's going to give you 25% off. And the coupon code is this, no spaces, early bird anxiety, early bird anxiety, no spaces, all lowercase, and that's going to give you 25% off. The early bird is going to expire, so make sure you head over to my website, markfennel.ie, and go grab yourself a seat, and I will see you at this live anxiety course. It'll be two nights with me live, and of course, there'll be a Q&A at the end. I know it's going to benefit you, and whether you struggle with anxiety on a severe level or a minor level, Understanding these tools is going to change anxiety for you, I believe, for the rest of your life. So it's a big deal and an opportunity not to be missed. But on that note, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you connect with me. I love it when you share the podcast and screenshot and share and tag me. I always love to reshare that stuff because that's encouraging in itself. That tells me I've contributed. You see, one of my needs get met when you do that. (laughs) So it's always a good thing. So listen, keep in touch and make sure whatever you do, make sure you get on my newsletter, markfennel.ie, go down to the foot pop your name and email in there and you'll always be kept up to date with the latest news discounts offers and free resources that's where all the meaty stuff gets shared right over there until next time guys i shall talk to you then you've been great i've been mark fennel and you're listening to this adult life the podcast 